Yes, we're back. It's episode 39 of the Hibs Rambo. Uh, it's just myself and the most handsome man in Musselburgh today, Sean. How are you doing, mate? Yeah, I'm good, mate. I'm good, thank you. How are you? Oh, Leon, what's that you're drinking out of? That looks oh, lovely. Oh, look at this. This is, um, I'm, I'm very well, thanks. This is a, this is a Hibs Rambo mug. And uh, it's got the Hibs Ramble logo on one side. And uh, on the other side, it's got the infamous quote from uh, from Sean Corrigan as he was describing the Livingston pie that says, I don't like a hard rim. I like my rims to be a little bit softer so I can get in easier. Which I think is, you know, one of the best pieces of life advice and uh, needed to be put on a mug. But uh, the funny thing about this mug, Sean, is that we've actually got two to give away to our listeners. Um, and a giveaway that we're going to do when we get to a thousand Twitter followers. Uh, I got one for me and I got one for you and Craig and Mark, but uh, there's two also here for, for our listeners, and we've got a couple of bucket hats as well, which haven't arrived yet. So if you want to be in with a chance of winning one of these bad boys uh, with Sean's lovely quote on the back, then get involved. Get involved uh, and follow our Twitter and, and you're in me a chance. And we'll let you know all about it when we reach a thousand followers, but enough enough of the positivity. Let's get on to the football. Sean, beaten 2-1 by Dundee United yesterday. Um, a year to the day that we were beaten 3-1 by Harps at Tide Castle. I remember that because it was the day my daughter was born. It was her first birthday yesterday. So I think she is a terrible, terrible omen for uh, for when we played. But let's, uh, let's jump straight in it. Lineup. There was four changes. McCurdy, Newell, Yuan, and Chabria came in uh, for Stevenson, Doyle, Hayes, Hoppy, and Hanlon. Were you expecting to see as many as four changes, and was were those the players that you expected to come in? Um, I expected Newell to come in. I expected Yuan to come in, um, and that was maybe a, that was maybe about it. I didn't really want to see Hop in the lineup. I didn't really want to see Jake Doyle Hayes in the lineup. Um, I was actually quite excited. I don't know why, because we as Hibs fans have absolutely no reason to be excited by Harry McCurdy at the moment. But I was quite excited when I saw him in the lineup. Um, he got a bit of flack last week by his performance when he came on, and I don't think he was the problem last week. There was many other problems, and I think he's got a lot of flack this week from yesterday's performance. And again, I don't think he was the, pro- the main problem. But I was excited to see him um, again, it's just not quite clicking for him. Um, don't know if it's quite harsh on Stevenson as well. I was really, really annoyed that Kukarevic wasn't in the starting eleven. Um, seems to see, seems to be that Johnson just can't quite find a way to get them in him and Nisbet and Yuan, Yuan, sorry, in the eleven together. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I would have liked to have seen Lewis Miller in there. Uh, I think his performance at Parkhead kind of merited a a, a game against Motherwell at least, and then you know, I don't think Cadden covered himself in glory in the Motherwell game. Obviously, I wasn't on the pod to talk about it, and then I don't think Cadden covered himself in glory yesterday either. Um, so we might we might end up seeing Lewis Miller back in the team sooner rather than later. But we'll kick off, um, and I thought it was a fairly positive start to the half for the first uh, five and a half minutes, and. Um, you know, we had a really, really good chance, and I mean, there's no, there's no two ways about it. It really should have been one nil. A really good work from McCurdy down the right hand side. Like you said, I don't think he was the problem yesterday, or it, it wasn't a, a major part of the problem. Um, 
Was it a was it a cross or was it a shot that found Nisbet in the in the six yard box? I'll I'll go I'll go with a cross. I'll go with a cross. I still don't know how Nisbet's not put that away. Um, if I'm honest at all, I think uh, it's a great touch from Berigetti in the goal. Yeah, I think. I just I just don't I just don't know if he's if he maybe should have went up his left instead and kind of opened up his body and tried to put in another goal. It just didn't seem a lot of space. I think it was maybe just one of those where he's just tried to get any connection and nine times out of ten that's going to go in, but uh, unfortunately it didn't and that just kind of summed up how our day was going to go. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think they even, I think they touched on it in the telly that he maybe should have went for the other corner, but the ball was fired into him. I don't think he really had an awful lot of time to think about it. I don't actually know that if he knew too much about it. I think it just hits him. And uh, and a, a really good touch from Birgitte to keep it out. And then, obviously, Dundee need to go up the other end. It's a cross-in from our right, their left, which has been a consistent problem for a number of years now. Um, and I've got down here in my notes, CJ and Chibraya, soft as shite. Fletcher with a really powerful header to open the scoring. To be honest, yeah, it's a difficult one because see when you look at that Dundee United team, I'm going to sound like Mark Duncan here, but you look at that Dundee United team, there's no way that it should be bottom of the table or even anywhere near the bottom of the table. I did also um, look at that Dundee United side and think there's absolutely no way we can get beat by this side as well. I didn't think that. Um, We're Hibs fans, Sean. Yeah, I know, I know. But if you look at it, like if you if you match it up and you look at the quality per quality across the eleven, I felt like we would have and should have had enough to to get it. Um, you are right. What you're saying, we have had a lot of problems with balls coming in from either side. Never mind just the right. I don't really know how much longer Cadden can get away with his lack of defensive ability. Um, if he's not caught too far in the pitch, he's caught in too far up the pitch. And that happened a lot at the weekend as well. Um, it's, a, it's it is frustrating to see. It's annoying because I I think a lot of his fans rate um, CJ Egan really, but clearly just after yesterday's performance, not at centre half. I think when you're playing two really young centre halves against, well, they were probably both in diapers when uh, Stephen Fletcher was playing for Hibs. So it just kind of goes to show that he's going to have a lot more experience and that showed yesterday as well. Very frustrating the fact that apparently if rumours are to be believed, we had the option to sign Stephen Fletcher in the summer and turned it down. Um, I don't know if you want to read into that one or, or believe that. I know, but... Uh, the thing is, Sean, you can't go. You can't go. Oh, we should have signed him just because he scored against us. No, but the experience that he's got, I think, would have would have really helped us this season in the forward line. Um, and I think he's got a lot to offer, as you can see. And I think I think he scored the vast majority of Dundee United's goals. And when you come up against defenders like a young Will Fish and, and Egan Riley, it's no surprise that he was he was able to bully them. Um, so, yeah, it just goes to show that we're lacking. You know, Paul Hanlon, which doesn't get said that often. Came yeah. what really annoyed me about the goal, more than the defending, more than anything else really, more than even going like actually losing the goal was the fact that Stephen Fletcher looked so happy and he celebrated so so animated like yeah. when he scored. And that I was disappointed in him. I was watching it and I was going, Stephen You're better Stephen, than that. Come on, Stephen. You're better than that, Stephen. Come on. What, what do you do? Do you think 
players should celebrate or not celebrate when they score against their former sides? I, th- I think it depends on the circumstances. Obviously, <clears throat> Stephen played for Hibs a very, very long time ago. I don't begrudge him celebrating, considering the, the state that Dundee United are in. I think it's maybe a bit different if, like, Kevin Nisbet goes to Celtic or Rangers and then scores against us. Do you know what I mean? Like, the, the following season, because it's, it's happened directly after it, not, you know, 19 years down the line. So... I think the circumstances should should dictate that. Um, to go back to the the softest shit defending, it just seems to show kind of where we're at at the moment um, with our defending. Tobias has been like that for a long time now, not willing to kind of throw his body on the line. And I guess that kind of shows what you lack at the back when you've not got people like Louis Stevenson, Paul Hanlon, Darren McGregor, you know, Ryan Porteous, who are hips through and through and you know, whether they have the ability or not, because obviously Paul and Lewis are getting older, they're still willing to throw their body on the line. Um, I think Paul and Lewis would have dealt with that ball in a lot better than CJ and uh, Jabriya. Well, you'd like to think so, eh? Um, <clears throat> even after the goal, I thought our reaction to the goal was very poor. I don't recall us having too many chances, although my... my um, my memory is kind of cloudy because I watched the first half an hour, the first 25 minutes or so in the house, and then uh, we went to my daughter's first birthday party and I had to watch the rest. <laughs> Me and my dad and, uh, and Myla's granddad um, were crowded around my phone <laughs> watching watching it. So um, you, You're right, though. I, I not... we, were, we were really, really poor. There wasn't a reaction after it. Um, I felt like I could have turned off the television and just accepted the fact that we'd we'd got beat. I did not expect us to get back into it, and it looked very similar that to the to the Motherwell performance where there was just no no urgency in the play um, and just a lack of intensity from from us at all until like yeah. the last fifteen minutes, 20, 15, 20 minutes. It's been, a, it's been a lot of it's kind. This season, it's kind of reminded me of times under a lot of different managers, whereas it's been like like different weeks, same shit, basically. Um, a lot of the players just coasting, coasting by towards the end of the season. A lot of passengers, um, you know, I'm I'm not I'm not in the business of calling out professional football players about their abilities because it's not really what I'm about. I'm not. I'm not a pro footballer. I couldn't step in and do what they do. But I thought James Jago was disappointing yesterday. I thought um, I thought Newell was disappointing yesterday. I thought Josh Campbell was disappointing yesterday, which disappointed me, given how well Josh Campbell's actually played this season and how much I've I've been talking him up and and bigging him up and everything. Yeah, no, I I, just, I, I agree with that. I think when you've got a midfield three against a midfield two, which is what they had, and they're still you know, running us over in midfield and getting the better of us. It just kind of sums up where we were. Um, all three of them just weren't at the races. Joe was the best out of the three, but even then, I'm not, saying he, I'm not saying he got he got pass marks at all because he, even even his performance was poor. I don't know if there's a bit of rustiness from him. But yeah, when you've got all three of your centre midfielders way off it, yeah, it, nothing's going to work. I think Mark touched on it in the chat. And he was saying that, you know, you look at the players that are playing 
now under Lee Johnson, and these are the players. I'm not saying that the players have got the managers sacked, um, but these are the players that were consistently playing when Jack Ross got the chop, when Sean Maloney got sacked. How how many more managers is it going to take to realise that a midfield three of players that are, you know, totally similar? I feel like Jago Campbell and and Newell are very very similar players. How lo- how many managers is it going to take to understand that a midfield three of players like that doesn't work? I I actually think that all three of them are completely different players, but well shut up, but, Sean. But no, nah, but. None of them can play together as a three, which which sounds strange because Jago's meant to be there as a like a deep lion midfielder where he breaks up play and gives the ball to everyone else to do the job. He's not done that the last three or four weeks. Joe Newell's meant to be this box to box, you know, not playmaker, but just a box to box player who breaks up play, gets in people's faces, and again just tries to create things here and there. And Josh Campbell is just a workhorse who plays in the ten. And just tries to feed off everything else. So I think they all bring or are meant to bring different things to the pitch and to the game and to the squad. But none of them are clicking and none of them can play like together. And, and and I think yeah. it's I think it's because of the lack of ability that the three of them have for what we're needing in that midfield three. I think that is the problem more than anything else. But we'll obviously get well, on to where that leaves us and what we should maybe be looking for. I well We've all we've all got on to that, but even like just talking about it now, like I I, th- I feel like when CG Egan Riley is in that midfield three, it's a lot more assured. That feels like there's a little bit more cohesion for someone as young as that to step in and kind of bond together. That midfield three, I think, is uh, is really telling about the player that he is. But like he says, I, I don't think Jago Newell. Um, I mean, it can be a combination of about five or six different players in there, and it doesn't work. And we've seen it for years. You know, you think about uh, Doyle Hayes and uh, Neil Campbell, other other players that I can't really think of at this moment in time. But no, we're, we're kind of getting off track. But let's give Hibs a wee bit credit where credit's due. I thought um, our goal was very, very well worked. A beautiful ball in from Chibraya. It was kind of a carbon copy, a little bit of uh, of Stephen Fletcher's goal um, yeah. from where the cross came in and, uh, and where where it landed in the box. Uh, a really, really nice bit, uh, bit of control from, from Miko and it's a it's a thundering finish. I, th- I actually thought he, he just about missed it. I think it clipped the bar on its way in. Yeah. But um, that's what we were missing, an absolute thunder bastard up front. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Um, I, like I said earlier on, I thought he should have started. So when he came on, it can sometimes be quite tough for, for players to get into the match, especially when the tempo's not great and, and your team's not playing very well. But the ball in from Trebriya is is magnificent. Um, very similar to the ball that Cadden put in last week for Nisbet, uh, but obviously on the other side. It's good to see that he does have that in the locker instead of always hitting the first man. The, the touch and then finish from, from Miko is is sensational. It's, it's, it's brilliant. I, I thought he was maybe going to take it first time, which worried me, but the composure to take that touch, bring it down and then you know, smash it into the goal is, is exactly what we needed. And then we were on top until obviously the, the, the penalty. Um, we had a couple of other chances, which I'm sure you're going to mention just now. But at that point, for that spell, we were, we were on top, but we can't 
get away with just being on top for 10, 15 minutes in a 90 minute match. That's I think that's part of the problem. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I think that it's been it's been a, a characteristic of Hibs for a long time with it. It seems it takes us a half and a goal down to to kind of give ourselves a kick up the arse and and really start playing. Um, but no, listen, I, I think you're absolutely right when you when you talk about uh, Evitt should have started. I think he's exactly the kind of striker that we needed up there. Uh, we knew it was going to be a scrappy game. Um, they've got they're they're a big physical side. Um, you know, you got Charlie Mulgrew and stuff at the back. He's always going to be um, he's always going to be you know, leaving an elbow in or this that, and the next thing. I think Kukarevic is probably would have been the ideal choice for me if I was picking the team. Um, we don't know if fitness might have been an issue. That might have been why he never started. We we don't really know these things. But Lee Johnson, no, after Lee, that, Johnson, after Lee Johnson did mention in his post-match interview that that was the, the, the reason for the selection that he made was down to fitness and injury. So maybe maybe Miko's just maybe not at 100% and can't play the 90 minutes, which is why he's decided to, to go with what he goes with. But let's just hope he starts some next week. Even then, though, even then... You think if he's not got 90 minutes in him, what's more effective? Starting him and giving him an hour or, you know, 70 minutes or bringing him on for the last half hour? No, I can't Because he's not, I think only he got, he's not only got half an hour in him. And uh, Even if he's got 40, 45 minutes plus in him, if he's got anything more than a half in him... He's got to start. If he's, if he's, if you're, yeah, if he's one of your best players, you should be starting him, get the game done, get the game won and then you can start taking people off instead of having to bring them on when he's not 100% fit and we're chasing a game. Devil's advocate, though, when you think about it, um, you know, are you just putting them in there for putting them in their sake? Or, you know, that means that then if you put him on, do you leave Nisbet out? Or then if you keep Nisbet on, then, you know, who do you have on the bench to change the game? Yeah, no, I know. I, I, I was thinking about moving forward, and and when we when we get onto that later on in the episode, I'll, when we go through kind of the Hearts game and who we think we should play and how we should play, I'll get onto my reasonings and stuff then. But no, I completely agree that you don't you want to also have an option coming from the bench and sometimes maybe starting someone like Harry McCurdy and having a strong Gurevich on the bench. I, I can understand from that perspective, but for me, I am a firm believer of doing all you can to win the game as early as you can and then, you know, doing whatever it is else you need you need to do from there. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I um, You touched on other chances. I've got down here the Nisbet free kick and the Yuan one-on-one. The Yuan one-on-one, I'm, I'm gutted that he's, he's not put it in. It's the, the type of chance that he's been scoring recently. Um, the Nisbet free kick is, is a wonderful hit. It's inches away. Looking back on it, and um, in hindsight, we could have, we could have, if those two chances had gone in, or one of them would have went in, we could have went on and romped at four or three or four one. Yeah, I think if one of those goes in, we we go on to win the game. Dundee United were on the ropes at that point. Stephen Fletcher said in his post match interview that he was worried, and he himself was thinking, "Oh no, is this going to happen again?" And he was concerned that some of the other players would be thinking that. Dundee United have conceded the most amount of goals in the last 15 minutes in the league. So it comes as no surprise that we were able to get back on top towards the end of the match. It's just unfortunate that 
Kevin Nisbet's you know free kick hits the bar and doesn't maybe hit the goalkeeper and go in. Um, and and you and like you said has been putting him away. So I was very surprised that he, he didn't actually finish the chance. And that again, similar to the Nisbet chance in the first half, just kind of summed up how, how our day was because they then went down the other half and get a penalty. Um, which is it soft? Yes. Is it a penalty? In today's game, I'm going to go with yes, um, but I don't think, personally, I don't think it should be a penalty. It's very soft. If it's if it's going for you, you're screaming for it. If it's going against you, you're saying it's not. So it's it's one of those. And I actually think that whatever the decision the referee gave, I don't think VAR would have overruled it because I don't think either way it would have been a clear and obvious error. My concern was why is Will Fish di- not diving in, but why is he giving the referee a decision to make because Stephen Fletcher's going away from goal, he's leaving the box, Lewis Stevenson's going to win the ball and he's right next to him. So yeah. that that's, that's more of my concern is how we have dealt with that situation, not the fact that we were in that situation. Yeah, no, I mean... I agree with you whether it's a soft penalty. I think it is a penalty when you go by the standards of what's been given in the in the division this season. Um, in real time, it looks like a penalty. I think if the referee didn't give it, for me, I think VAR would have given it. It's it's as slight as the touches, but it's, with the, the speed that Fletcher was going, I don't think you can really call it a die. The slightest of touches sends him down, and it's you know he's an experienced striker. Uh, he'll go down if he feels any touch. I'm not saying that diver don't think he but um, <clears throat> Fletcher, Fletcher said himself he knew that he was, if, straight if he made it he was going to you know if he made it to the ball before Fish he knew that it was it was curtains and he was going to get the penalty so yeah and he did and I think it's it's clever play uh, you know we, we were applauding Martin Boyle for winning penalties like that, yeah, even Ryan Porteous for winning penalties like that and being clever and and trying to, uh, you know, and, and trying and trying to get penalties like that. So for me, it's a it's a clever uh, it's a clever bit of play. And then you know, at the end of the days, uh, Jamie McGrath's stuck through the penalty. But I don't really want to talk about this game anymore because it's upsetting me. Um, let's uh, let's move on swiftly. Let's move on swiftly uh, to where this leaves us. And I've got here, it leaves us in sixth. We're seven points off third, but, but we're only eight points off ninth. What, Sean, is the likelihood that we don't even get top six? The likelihood of that at the moment is is very, very high, in my opinion, because we're going to play Hearts and we'll get on to, um, we're going to get on to their situation in a second. But... I never go into Derby's confident, so I don't expect us to win it. I didn't expect us to win it before Nielsen was sacked, and I don't expect us to win it now. Um, then we go and play St Johnston, and St Johnston notoriously a tough ground for us to go to and, and, and get something. It's going to be a difficult match. I think we'll draw that game, but I, I can't remember who Livingston have first, but I know who they have last as a, a very winnable game. So I think although Livingston will lose their next game um, at the weekend, they'll win the weekend replay St Johnston and then that'll take them above us. 
I think it's I think they play St Johnston this weekend, so they're more than likely possible to pick up a point or something against them. But then they play um, Dundee United away, which yes, I know we just got beat by them, but I think Livingston <laughs> have a little bit more about them to go and take the, points. Livingston are a different team. I think Livingston are more. They're better set up to go there and and have a fight against Dundee United. We went there yesterday to try and play them off the park and it just didn't end up working. But I think everyone is here for for the question that I'm going to ask next, John, and it's Lee Johnson, should he stay or should he go? Uh, <laughs> and, get, and give me reasons. Well, first of all, I can understand why a lot of people want him sacked because the, the go-to reason for wanting to get a manager sacked is your runny form, your your lack of enjoyment, um, watching your team and the fact that we've had three sticky spells of bad form where we're not even picking up like a draw here or there, like their defeats. Um, a lot of people still haven't forgiven him for getting knocked out of the League Cup and treating that the way that he did. We've obviously had the three back-to-back derby defeats. What annoyed me is the fact that we played Dundee United. Three? Uh, sorry, the two 3 0 defeats. That's what uh, I meant. Sorry, the two 3 0 defeats. Well, I'm just preempting what, pre-empt what's going to happen. <laughs> um, what annoys me is that we've played Dundee United, bottom of the league, who have been bottom of the league for months, and they've taken seven points out of nine off us this season. Um, we've not competed against the Old Firm. We've conceded about 22, 23 goals against the Old Firm and only got maybe one point as well. And we're the only team in the league to have been beaten by everyone else in the league as well. So I can understand why a lot of people want them out. So I'm going to then contradict everything that I've just said and say that I want them to stay. Now, I will give you my work in for this, Leon, because I know that's what you want. <laughs> but I was just playing devil's advocate and giving you all the bad... <laughs> The bad nonsense that we've, he's put us through. You want first. the bad news or the good news? Exactly. Or the bad news first. Bad news, Lee Johnson is your manager. Good news, Lee Johnson is your manager. What one do you want? <laughs> um, I want him to stay. Uh, the reason for that is I think he is trying to get the club in a better state. And what I mean by that is you've alluded to it a couple of times already about the players that we have and how many managers they've went through and how it's the same players and we've got the same type of players in the, in the same position and it's the same players that are putting us through the, the putting us through the shite recent, um, in recent years. And you can see that it's frustrating Lee Johnson as well. It would not surprise me in the slightest if we finish in the bottom six and we get beat off hearts at the weekend and Lee Johnson is still on a job because I think that the club fully back him. Now, the reason why I think that is because I think that the club have accepted the fact that their recruitment policy has not been great over the last couple of years and the structure behind Lee Johnson in regards to getting a better team on the pitch isn't anywhere where it needs to be in regards to that's why they're bringing a director of football in. A lot of people are moaning that the director of football things went a whole lot, went really quiet recently, but as we both know Liam, um, they are down to the final five and for all we know, the final five are in jobs. So, you know, Ben Kenzel isn't going to come out and say we're down to the final five, we're interviewing them, blah, 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 and name them because obviously if they're in a job. 
I think the club want to get that done and dusted as soon as possible to put us in the right frame of mind as a club for moving forward in the summer to have a really strong transfer window. So I think if we get the right directory football in, obviously Ian Gordon isn't going to be head of recruitment anymore because he's having to take on like an executive director kind of role now with everything else that's happened at the club. So there'll be a, a head of recruitment coming in. There's going to be a revamp of the recruitment aspect of the club. And I think that, for me, has been the problem in recent years, not necessarily the manager. So I think if we can get the right director of football, the right head of recruitment, and they're all singing off the same hymn sheet as Lee Johnson, then we can heavily recruit and recruit correctly in the summer, which will then allow us to take us forward. Because I think Lee Johnson himself is very frustrated that he has a lot of similar players in the same position, you know, like using the midfield, for example. Um, my concern is Lee Johnson keeps going on about loans in the summer. So that concerns me because I want permanent deals and not necessarily loans. But I think if we get that right off the park, we'll have a strong transfer window. And I think we will be able to have a lot of right transfers done at the right time in the summer to allow us to have a stronger start to next season, albeit whether we're in Europe or not. Um, and that is why I think Lee Johnson should stay. Right now, Sean, you can take a breath. <laughs> no, I'm, just, I'm, yeah, I'm wary I'm, to you, so I'm trying to cover both parts for everyone involved. <laughs> I'm going to be really boring and, and just completely agree with you. I think the most important thing for us at the moment is to get that foundation laid and foundation laid well with the uh, with the points that you spoke about there in terms of backroom uh, backroom staff and heads and stuff. I don't think sacking Lee Johnson is the way to go. Um, we spoke about it in the chat. That would be four managers in four years. Yeah. Um, it, it would also mean that the last two managers never saw out a full season if he was to go, you know, like either today or uh, after we get beat on Saturday, um, which for me, it reminds me a lot of, so Forrester, like Forrester, my English team, and it reminds me a lot of them um, before they got, <clears throat> before they got promoted, they were going through two managers a season and they were bringing in, you know, I know they've brought in like 20 players this season, but like they were consistently every window bringing in so many new players and the turnover was so high and, like there was no consistency, there was absolutely nothing, and I I just don't want Hibs to be like that because it's not going to get us anywhere. Having wholesale changes all the time, I understand why there's a core group of players, but there's no point in having a core group of players if the philosophy is changing every six months because the manager is. For me, Lee Johnson, if he finishes bottom six, gets beat by Hearts, I could completely understand why the board would let him go. But if it was me in charge, I would say, no, we'll keep him. We'll give him another summer window. We'll see how he does up until Christmas. If we're languishing down the bottom of the league, then we'll maybe think about a change. But at the end of the day, look at what two or three wins in this division can give you. If yeah. we win on Saturday and then we then go and beat St. Johnston, we'll be comfortably in the top six. And if we even win 
three out of the five games or two out of the five games in the top six, we give ourselves a really, really good chance of finishing third. Yeah, I know. I know. The thing is, for me, if if we do lose to Hearts and, and St Johnston, we do end up in the bottom six, what good is it sacking them? Because whoever comes in, well, we're not going to appoint someone till then, till the summer anyway. We're not going to get relegated. We're not going to get into the relegation playoff. So if we do end up in the bottom six, what good is it then sacking Lee Johnson? Because whoever comes in, we're not going to be able to change the fact that we're in the bottom six and we can't get Europe. If we do end up in the bottom six, yeah. what I would like to see, however, is I would like to see none of our loan players get any minutes unless we know for a fact we're getting them on a permanent or, for example, Will Fish would have to play because we've got bloody no other centre-halves. But I would like I would like Murray Johnson to get some minutes. I would want Murray Aitken to get minutes, although he's meant to be out of contract in the summer. I would want you know, Oscar McIntyre to get minutes. I would want Josh O'Connor. I would want them to sort the Ethan Laidlaw contract situation and then you know start him in those bottom six games because although they would be tough games against people fighting for their lives, there's no chance in hell that we would then fall into a relegation playoff. I don't even know if that's mathematically possible, but we just wouldn't. It just wouldn't happen. So yeah. there wouldn't be any good from us then sacking them if we finish in the bottom six. We may as well then see out the rest of the season and then give them the transfer window anyway and allow them to do what they're going to do with the director of football and the head of the recruitment. If we do obviously finish in the top six, you're exactly spot on on what you're saying. You just need to have a look at Aberdeen who, you know, devil's advocate, you could say sacking Lee Johnson now and getting two wins on the bounce could help, but you don't know if... Really yeah, it, it doesn't always work. So Barry Robson is on a great run of form at the moment. They could give him the job and then they could tail off again. They're just running off momentum at the moment at the right time of the season, whereas Hearts are in free fall at the wrong time of the season. So I, I agree with you as well. He should be given you know, the summer, have a good strong window and then see where we are. But even in December... Aberdeen were about 8th in December. Well, they were 3rd, and then they dropped down to 8th at one point. Mm-hmm. So it just goes to show that even in one month in this league, how tight it can be. But I do agree that he should he should be given another window, and as long as he's backed properly by the right people and we, we bring in the right people, as well as getting rid of the players that we need to get rid of, I think we could start strong um, next summer. No, I agree, and it's... It's a difficult one because it's 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 part of football now. It's when uh, lose sorry a few games on the bounce and everyone forgets, everyone conveniently forgets you know all the good that someone has done for the club, and now it seems like managers losing their job is based on three, four, five games rather than what's going on before and stuff like that. And it's it's just the way that it is, and it's. It's not going to change anytime soon. I just hope that the Hibs board look at Lee Johnson, what he's done. Yeah, he's not pulled up trees. He's not been having us, you know, try to split the old farm or that. But I feel like for the first time in a few managers anyway, that we've 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 got a half decent shot of really building something quite good here. Yeah, I think and Lee I think Johnson. If, if we sack him as well, we're then just restarting that process like if you and use it's, Joe, it's just going to it's just boring if you use Joe Neal for example and I'm just using that because he came in under under Hecke 
he's been under four managers, so that's four different styles he play. That's four different people wanting him to play a different way. Um, you look at Kevin Nisbet, who's had three as well, and obviously you've got people like Martin Boyle and Paul Hanlon and Lou Stevenson who have played under about 40 Hibs managers because <laughs> they've been there for that long. But there's Aberdeen and Hearts at the moment, whether they give the job to Barry Robson or not, they're at the start of that process, right? So you don't know how long that's going to take for them to get up and running and, and fully operational because, like I said, they've not given the job to Barry Robson yet and then they, they'll want to build on it from next season. They're obviously running on momentum at the moment, looking to get thirds, so that guarantees them European football, and then they can obviously build from there and chuck even more money at it. So I think it will be really interesting to see what happens in the next couple of weeks, but I, I definitely do not think that any good will come from, from sacking Lee Johnson at this moment in time. I think to wrap up that this chat about Lee Johnson... The grass isn't always greener on the other side. You know, we could sack Lee Johnson and, you know, it would probably be David Gray that comes in till the end of the season. Yeah. And yes, he could put a couple of wins together. I he could get his top six. But then what if, the, what if the manager that we bring in in the summer is then shite and he's yeah. gone by Christmas? Yeah. Then, then where are we? Then we're looking back and going, actually... Well, probably should have given Lee Johnson maybe a, then that, that's that's maybe the thing, mate, because exactly then what we often, exactly what happened with Jack Ross and Jean Loney. The more often we do that, the less appealing Hibs looks as a club, not only for players to join, but for um, managers to join as well. And we then become it's a like bit more a, of a, a manager position maternity cover. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know. The thing is, I, I'm only going to use this as an example because I'm an Arsenal fan, but. At the start of the season, Arsenal fans were wanting Arteta sacked. Like, because of what happened last season. He's been in the job for about three years or something now. And he's worked wonders, obviously, this season. And I don't think we'll win the league and whatever. But the expectation has grown this season because of how well he's done. Whereas last season, for the vast majority of last season, I would say about 70-80% of the support wanted him gone. But it was backed by the board, given the time they got the structure correct behind the scenes, and you know they're flourishing at the moment, and that's probably another reason why I think maybe we should just, for once in our life, as Hibs fans, just try and trust. Be happy with what we've got. Well, nah, not that. Just try and trust what the club are trying to do. Yeah. The Gordons have came out and said that they want to fulfil Ron's wishes and his intentions. So let's just trust them on that. We're not going to get relegated. Yes, we want Europe. And yes, we'll miss out on a great opportunity of finishing third if we don't. But let's just let's just give it a little bit of time. I think that is that's the best way to sum up, to be honest, is just give it time. I think consistency is key with these things. I've said that once, I've said that a million times. If you're not consistent in uh and you know the staff that you've got, then you know n- nothing. Nothing's going. To, nothing's going to change. If we're changing every six months, every eight months, then we're never going to get into those positions. And then what if we did get someone and they did well for seven months and they got us Europe, and then first month of the new season they lose five on the bounce, and you know are we going to sack them just because? You look at uh, Claudio Ranieri at Leicester. He's when's the league get sacked months later? Yeah, it's 
the grass isn't always green. I kind of say that. I tell you already, what, what, I would like to really change isn't. is our bloody derby record. That's what I would like to change more, more yeah, than I would anything like else. Yeah, what a segue, Sean. What a segue, because guess what we're going to be talking about next? Anyway, I was thinking like that was the point in the comment, Liam. You didn't need to address the fact that it was a it's, good You should have just moved it, on. I tell you what, it is like, it is like this guy's done it before, eh? My hosting Host duties show are right up there with times. the gods, let me tell you that. Oh, unreal, mate. So let's address the elephant in the room. Robbie Nielsen um, got his jotters yesterday. Is that a help or a hindrance to hearts? Um, I, think I think it's a help to hearts, if I'm honest. Um, Do we know who's taking the team? They've not, at this moment in time, they've not put out a statement saying who's in charge. They didn't mention in um, the statement that they put out last night, they didn't mention anything about Lee McCulloch leaving or being involved. So a lot of hearts fans are kind of concerned that he might or might not be in charge charge for the weekend. Um, I think, mate, Gary fucking. Gary Locke will come in charge and he'll say that he's going to slit everyone's throat in the dressing room if they don't win or something and then we'll get pumped at the weekend. Like He will have them fired right up. I can um, see it, mate. I can see I, it. Do you know what, right? I don't actually think Nielsen... I know this isn't the heart ramble, but for me, Nielsen shouldn't have been sacked because he won well, them I, the I think when you look at it, it's the, it's the, the exact same thing as what we're talking about here. Well, you know what, I mean, yeah, well, I mean, it's, I don't know, time will tell in terms of hearts, but, you know, you look at Robbie Nielsen, I think Robbie Nielsen is, was a divisive figure at, at hearts anyway, you know, from the first time he was there. Um, and then, you know, even if he got them Europe in that. And the, 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 prob- the problem is, the, the, the problem is, mate, is they don't like listening to him. That's the problem. Every Both times he's been at Hearts, he's finished as high as physically possible for them. He won them the championship in 2014-15. He finished third in the Premiership. He was second in the Premiership before he resigned and, and went down south. He came back, he won them the championship again. Finished third in the championship, eh, sorry, finished third in the league again. And at the point of sacking he was fourth and he'd got back to back Scottish Cup finals albeit he obviously lost mm-hmm. to Celtic um, and got Europa well not Europa League but Europa Conference League group stage could you imagine if Hibs fans had a manager that had been that successful and wanted him sacked like I think it's ridiculous that they were wanting him sacked based based on that CV alone do you think we could get him in he could do a job do you think we could get him in somewhere <laughs> Although his derby, his derby record's not great, so then he'll definitely fit in at Hibs. <laughs> um, who deserves who deserves a start on, on Saturday? Is it Saturday? It is Saturday. Do you know, I'm going to contradict everything I've probably said about Lee Johnson and playing three at the back. I want Lee Johnson to play three at the back, but I don't want it to be a 3-5-2. I want it to be a 3-4-3. I want Yuan up top on his own <clears throat> with Kukarevic and Nisbet narrow in behind him to play the ball through to Yuan and Yuan to play on the last defender so Yuan can then run left and run right and feed off the ball from there and then Kukarevic and Nisbet can go up and support. That leads me to the problem that you mentioned earlier on is not having anyone on the bench to come off. However, I think that front three is very dangerous. 
I would then want a back three of Hanlon, Fish, and either Lewis Stevenson or Mikey Devlin. Obviously, I know that's not oh, great. I forgot about him. I know that's neither of them are that great as a centre half pairing, but well, a, a three of a, of a back three. But I think either one of them could do a job alongside Will Fish and Paul Hanlon, based on Cadden's form over recent months, maybe even as, as far as a season. I think it, there's no harm in, in giving Lewis Miller a start. Obviously, we're at home to Hearts. It's not at Tincastle. Yeah. So we should give him a start. I would put him at right wing or right midfield, right wing back, whatever. Because we've got Lewis Stevenson at left centre half, I would then have Trebriar. And then I would have Egan Riley and Joe Newell in the middle. Um, so I feel like that would give us the best opportunity going forward because we'll have our best attackers on the pitch. It would also give us a lot of defensive cover because Stevenson can merge into, into the left-back position. You've got yeah. um, Egan Riley who can fall back into centre-half or right-back. And then obviously you've got Lewis Miller that plays will be playing down the right side anyway. It does go against everything that I've said, but I think that is the only way to get your three best players on the pitch. And ultimately our three best players are Yuan, uh, Kukarevic and Nisbet. Absolutely agree. Sean Corrigan plays football manager once, starts talking about three four threes with double false nines and all the rest of it. <laughs> inside inside forwards and false nines and shadow strikers. <laughs> all all over it, mate. All over it. I think it's a half decent it's a half decent shout. Um remains to be seen what he's actually going to do with the team on, on Saturday. It'll be an interesting one to say the least. I think we're doing for a bore nil nil draw, mate. Uh, not had one in about four games, so what do you want? I tell you what, see if if uh, it was a nil nil draw, I would bite your hand off right now. I'd bite your hand off for a point on Saturday. But um, I can what predictions? Let's go for a prediction, Sean. What what, what are you thinking about? Um, is it Mass starting eleven starting, or is it Lee Johnson starting eleven? Lee Johnson's. Uh, 2-0 hearts. I just think hearts will get a bounce from getting rid of Nielsen. I think it'll give a lot of the players a little bit of freedom. They're always up for the derbies. Um, and I think a lot of the Hibs players will have in the back of their mind the 2-3-0 defeats and the fact that we can't seem to really come back once we concede, which has happened a lot as well. I think... And it's probably just my hips tinted specs on here. I think that the three 0 defeats will help to spur them on. I think the defeat against Motherwell and yesterday will help, and Lee Johnson will get like a sniper or something in the in the changing room before the game, or you know like Rod Stewart or something, you know, to keep them a pep talking. I think I think we'll go out and we'll maybe nick it. We'll maybe nick it one 0 or two one something like that. And everyone on Twitter will be chuffed to bits with Lee Johnson again. Uh, and if it's, if it's my starting eleven, it's I'm telling you, it's four 0 Hibs. But uh, we'll we'll see what happens. Fucking hell! Fuck's sake! So you're saying two 0 Hearts? I'm saying one 0 I'll go. I'll go two one Hibs because I can't see us. Um, I can't see us keeping a clean sheet. To be honest. Um, I'll go. I'll go two one Hearts. There you go. Two on hearts. Who's scoring for Hibs then? Uh, I'll go. 
I'll go Kukarevic. Kukarevic. I think we'll. I think we'll take. I think we'll take the lead. We'll not be able to finish our chances. We won't be able to see out the game, and then Hearts will nick it. Fair days. I mean, it always happens. Sorry, boys. It always happens. <laughs> what a positive podcast we've had this this week. Anyway, let's move on to even more positiveness with a with our absolute plethora of listener questions. Now it's time to answer the Hibs Ramble listener questions. Right, Sean. We'll start with the with the correct question again this week. I, I noticed that you dug Mark out um, last time uh, about not uh, not asking what he's having for his tea first. So John very kindly has put um, fuck. What are you having for tea? And fuck Lee Johnson. Sorry, I don't know who he's apologising to. If he's apologising to us or if he's apologising to Lee Johnson. And I also but, don't think there's any uh, question in there at all. Ah, he's saying, what are you having for tea? No, but he's not put a question mark. I mean, I thought he was saying, fuck what you're having for your tea, as in, like, he's not going to bother asking it. Oh. oh, right. Oh, fair enough. Well, I'm going to answer it anyway. It's 25 to 4 as it stands, and I don't know what I'm having for my tea, because we need to go and do the big shop um, just after I've finished here. So, I'm in the I same don't way. know. I'm I don't know. I'm in the same boat as you, Liam, actually. Um, I'm unaware. Well, I mean, you could probably make a pretty educated guess, Sean. It's going to be chicken and rice, or chicken and pasta, or tomato and pasta, or something like that. You're a very easy man to read. I'm very easy to please. Chicken and starch, basically. That's that's your meals every every day. Fine by me. I'll enjoy them. Don't you worry. Gains, bro. Gains. Gains. All about the gains. Right, we have got so many questions this week, so we'll try and rattle through them pretty quickly because this, this, is, where, this is where Liam means to say thank you very much for all everyone's input. We really, really appreciate it. Yes, I do. Um, I do appreciate it. I do appreciate it because a lot of the people who have actually submitted questions, um, I've, I, I don't recognise their names. I've not seen them on Twitter before. So if it's your first time asking a question or your first time um, seeing the ramble on Twitter, then thanks very much for getting involved. We really do appreciate it. Uh, Ryan asks serious lack of quality in the middle of the park someone has to take the ball off the defence Jago and Campbell can't pass the ball absolutely honking I don't see a question there but they were honking yesterday um, and like I said earlier on I think that's where CG Egan really kind of he's the glue that holds that midfield together when, when he's in there I think he's the one that takes the ball and moves it on um, there is a, yeah, there's a serious a decent, lack but, of creative midfielders in our, in our squad and, and there has been probably since Stevie Mallon left. Yeah. Um, Noah's asking, despite Josh Campbell having a prolific season in a goal-scoring sense, many games this season have passed him by like today. Is he technically good enough to play in the number 10 role or should someone with a better first touch and passing ability be playing there? For me, Josh Campbell's a difficult one because... I, I really like Josh Campbell and I'm not in the business of slating uh, Josh Campbell in any way, shape or form. But I think he's one of those players that's kind of in limbo between a few different positions. For me, it's like like Chris Cadden, I don't think he's a, a right back or a right wing back. I think he's somewhere in the middle. And I think Josh Campbell is not a six, he's not an eight. I think he's somewhere in between a six and eight. Which 
he's a seven then. Well, he's not a seven, is he? He's in between the roles of a six and an eight for me. And I think he has he, he has done all right in that ten role, but I think he's only been there because I don't I don't know if there's any better options for. And because Dennis has hope. been injured as well, yeah. I think I think having someone like Joe Neal, eh, no, sorry, Joe Neal, Josh Campbell, in a not a not a deeper position because that it's clear that didn't work under Sean Maloney, but having a a very creative you know, midfielder alongside him, like I'm talking of the likes of like a like a Scott Allen or or like a Stevie Allen or something. Having someone like that alongside him would be much better for his game, I think. Um, but then again, we would need yeah. to bring in to have those type of two players play alongside each other. You then need to have like a Casemiro holding midfielder. Well, that's type where Jago fits in for me. Because if you have Jago and then you have even if you go six, eight, ten, and you have Jago in the six, Campbell in the eight, and then whoever in the ten, the creative player in the ten. Well, for me, it would be I mean, Egan, Egan really like, that you would have in that six. It wouldn't be Jago, if I'm honest, based on Jago's previous well, I mean, couple of weeks' performances. But I know what you're trying like, to say. No, but we're, we're, we're thinking about, like, in terms of the style of player. Jago is that style of player who'll battle and get himself flung in. Having Campbell in eight, I think, is a good shot. I think that's probably where his best position is, a wee bit more advanced, but not too advanced. Gets himself in and about uh, both boxes and stuff and he's a proper workhorse and I think that's one of his best strengths we'll move on Ewan asks should Lee Johnson be sacked and then he adds I know we have just went on a good run of results but the inconsistency that this team has shown throughout the season is concerning and I think that the inconsistent if the inconsistency that's a difficult word to say by the way I think if the inconsistency is to continue I struggle to see us progressing if he is to continue as manager. I'm very inconsistent saying inconsistent. I think the inconsistency lies with the lack of quality that we have throughout the squad and I think that's the problem and that's why we're so inconsistent. I think if we had a better quality squad not just three or four individuals um, then I think we would be in a better position. Obviously Egan Riley's on loan so he he ain't coming back. Kugarevich is on loan so he ain't coming back. I think Nisbet will leave in the summer. Boyle might not be the player he is when he comes back. And I don't know at the moment if we're going to get you in on a perm. So at the moment, we don't really have any out-and-out brilliant players if you take away our loans and Nisbet. Yeah. So it will then leave us with a bang-average squad, and that, which is why it comes back to my point earlier on about the, the quality of player that we're going to recruit. If the quality of player is better, then we will be better, more consistently. Yeah, and I think... That's a, a great point. And, you know, the only person who knows what a good signing is going to be in a Lee Johnson-Hibbs team is Lee Johnson Yeah. at the end of the day. And if you start that process again, we're just going to get the same inconsistencies moving forward, IMO. Um, Mel Clements asks, does Lee Johnson know he's best 11 yet? I'm still unconvinced. I think this is a brilliant question because, to be honest, I don't think he does. He's had that many that many injuries, that many sort of, you know, dips in form that I don't think he's been able to trust a consistent group of 11 players. But I don't think he knows his, I think he knows his start in seven or his best seven, maybe. Yeah. Um, but again, that comes back to what we said earlier about the lack of um, ability throughout the whole squad. 
Yeah. Um, Fraser asks, what is actually wrong with Hibs? A lot. I think we could we could have a, you know, another hour-long podcast <laughs> talking about that. Callum Hunter says, must play two up top from the start next week. I think it's um, it's a given we, we really need that two up top. The Nisbet and Kukurevich, we say that for weeks and weeks, it's going to be a really a really good partnership when they both get back up to speed. Cameron Cooper says, never play Newell, Jago and Campbell in the same midfield again. We touched on it earlier on, I don't think they're very good at playing together. So, fair dues, it's, it's, a, it's a fair shout. Robbie Grant asks, and I'll let you answer this one, why are we still supporting Hibs? Uh, a way of life. We kind of have to. We, 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 want, we want to be down, depressed and in a pit of misery every weekend. Facts. <laughs> We're suckers for punishment. That's basically <laughs> it. Um, BT Wilson says, thoughts? Uh, and then he's put every Hibs player right now pointing to a gif of Homer Simpson clutching his head saying, I made such a mess of this. <laughs> Do you agree? And, yeah, it's, it's, it is concerning, but we'll, uh, it'll all change when we beat Hearts at the weekend, Liam, like you said. Well, here's here's hoping. Uh, Kiri McKenna, people think Newell is a player, and for the life of me, I can't figure out why. <laughs> this is a lot of slander for, for our players. It, see, coming see the same. thing is with, um, with, with Joe Newell, again, it comes back to very similar to Josh Campbell, where the balance needs to be correct in the middle of the park to get the best out of him, if that makes sense. I completely agree. I completely agree. I think that Joe Newell, I mean, he's definitely a good player. He oozes class sometimes, but it's sort of... He's he's in and out when when it comes to the form and stuff, but I think I think Joe Newell is a half decent player. Um, Nick Rutherford, what do you think of the streaky Lee reputation Lee Johnson came in with, and what do you think caused these wild shifts in form? The runs of defeat have both started at the old firm, which is a, a great it's a great observation because I hadn't really thought about that. But um, I think every I time know, I you've think... been beaten by the old firm, Lee Johnson has then questioned either his philosophy or the or the way he goes into those types of matches, and that's led to him making changes that he probably wouldn't have made if we were maybe playing the old firm once and then had six other games or whatever like that afterwards. Um, I think the fact that, especially recently, we've played the old firm back to back. I don't think that's obviously helped us. So I think it just casts a bit of doubt in Lee Johnson's mind with certain players that we have, which again comes back to the the quality that we have throughout the squad. Yeah, I think the the bottom line is the quality. That's where the wild shifts in form comes. You know, if a, a poorer player is in good form, he's going to score goals or he's going to keep clean sheets. This, that, the next thing. Um, and if he's off form, then it's going to go terribly, terribly wrong. We're not in a position where we can go out and buy the best in the world or the, even the best in the country. Um, so we, we can, we're kind of stuck. <laughs> we're kind of stuck here. But uh, it's a, it a, quite a good question there, Nick. So cheers for sending that in. Callum Hunter just says, guff again. Fair play. 
Uh, Lee's asking, lads, how can anyone think that Lee Johnston is the right man to take us forward? He has more lives than a Cheshire cat. Get him fucking out. <laughs> well, if you've made it this far in the podcast, then we thank you, considering the, the Lee Johnson in rant that both of us went on earlier on. I can completely see where people are coming from where they're wanting Lee Johnson to go. I think I've been in that position lots of times. It just depends where you are with a manager. You know, I feel like my shift in attitude uh, with Lee Johnson compared to my attitude with Sean Maloney is vastly, vastly different. I think it depends on how you rate the philosophy, how you rate what you've seen from the manager. And, you know, if I was calling for Maloney's head, you know, well before he got sacked. So I think it just depends where you are with the manager. I don't think people are right for saying, oh, he, sh- he, he shouldn't go. I don't think people are wrong for saying, oh, I want him gone. I think it all comes down to how you perceive what's going on. I think a lot of and, people uh, can see what Lee Johnson's trying to do and, and what he's trying to instill into the, the club. Um, a lot of people obviously can't really stand listening to him now, especially after defeats. Mm-hmm. But if you look at like Jack Rossi's tenure at the club, a lot of the football under him wasn't pretty at all, although, yes, he was effective and got us third and got us to semi-finals and, and, and finals, albeit it means jack shit if you don't win them. Um, I think a lot of people towards the end of Jack Rossi's tenure and even throughout his tenure were sick of him because of the, the, the style that he had and his inability to see out a lead and how he would go on the lap and then, you know, sit back and park the bus kind of thing, whereas with Lee Johnson... Yeah. He wants to win the ball as fast as he can. He wants to break as fast as he can. He doesn't really care about having a lot of the ball. He just wants to be effective when we've got it. And I think a lot of people can see that. I think it's just frustrating for everyone, you know, Lee Johnson and the fans, that what he's trying to do, a lot of the players that he's asking to do can't do it. And he's trying to rectify that. He tried to rectify it in January. And I have no doubt that he will try and rectify it in, in the summer. Mm-hmm. Uh, Billy says, should we have signed Stephen Fletcher? Uh, I'll give you a one-word answer, no. Liam Baldry, uh, Jago, what's the point? <laughs> How did we get Miko and Nisbet in the same team and uh, McCurdy was lively? I think we, we were going to touch on Harry McCurdy before. I think, like you said, he's, he's had a lot, of, um, a lot of stick on Twitter for yesterday, but I, I, don't, I actually thought See, from what I saw of him, and if Harry McCurdy is normal looking, right? And what I mean by that is his socks are at a normal length, he has a normal haircut, and he has a normal <laughs> build of a footballer. He ain't getting the hate that he's getting. Do you know what I mean? And 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 I think a lot stems from his personality and the way he looks and the way he conducts himself. And I think that rails a lot of people where because he's not performing on the pitch they automatically don't like his demeanour and the way that he is whereas if he but if he was then they would be loving it if he looked like a Josh Campbell or whatever it would be like alright okay just don't play him because he's not great and he wouldn't get like the hatred that he's getting last week when he came on like I said he wasn't the problem the last couple of games that he's featured in that I I can actually remember so at the weekend there against Dundee United the weekend against Motherwell, the other weekend there against Motherwell, and when he came on or when he played against Kelly away, 
albeit all three of those games were lost, he seemed to be the only one that was trying to win the ball at every opportunity, trying things. He was driving forward. He seemed to be the only real bright spark while he was on the pitch at that point. So to question, yes, he might have had a bad game, and I don't want to sit here and say, oh, he tried his hardest, well done, like that's good enough to pass as a Hibs player, because it's not. But that doesn't make him the scapegoat whenever we lose, because ultimately we have another 10 players on the park that have contributed to that. And realistically, he's playing right wing, and the goals are coming from all ends of the pitches in the games that he's played. So that doesn't mean that he's at direct fault. And you've got to remember, the chance that we had at the start of the match came from his shot slash cross and he found himself in a lot of space at the start of the match as well and was always asking for the ball and he was always driving one of the problems I think Harry McCurdy's got is he dwells on the ball a little bit too much and takes a little bit too much time and an extra touch and that's what kills him and I think because of the way that he looks and the way that he carries himself on the pitch I think that contributes to a lot of the hate that he gets He's not going to shag you Sean I certainly would not want that. <laughs> uh, we'll touch on Liam's other points here because he, he's put, uh, Jago, what is the point? I've seen a lot of Jago slander um, since the game and I don't think he was he was very good at all. And he's put, how do we get Miko and Nisbet in the same team? And Sean outlined that for you a wee while ago. So there you go, Liam. All your points answered. Gav, Gav Dick, our main man, I'm not going to even proofread this comment because I don't want to dig him out for his spelling or grammar, so I'm just going to read it. He had, a bad, he had a bad enough weekend watching Hibs. Let's not dig him out anymore. Yeah, I, uh, let's, no, uh, let's no kick him while he's done. He says, honestly, lacklustre performance. Had so much of the ball and did nothing with it. We really need a number 10. Is Ewan Henderson the answer? Personally, I don't think he is up to it, even though he did nothing bad today when he was on. Don't think Ewan Anderson's the answer for a, a creative number ten. I think in a different a different formation, Ewan Anderson can be a really effective player for Hibs, but um, definitely not in ten for me. Nah, not for not for me either. I think it, it comes back to the point I made a few weeks ago, where I think football's getting away from that kind of luxury number ten type of player. You don't see that many of them kicking about anymore. So I think it's just yeah. trying to find the best way to get the best out of the rest of your team. Yep. Kev Wilson says, bottom six incoming. Defeat next weekend, Johnson is gone. Like we said earlier on, I wouldn't be surprised if um, we finished bottom six and lost to Hearts and Johnson left. I wouldn't be surprised if we lost to Hearts, finished bottom six and Johnson stayed. So we just kind of need to wait and see what happens. Um, Keith Robertson. Now, I've just read this. And did you know this, Sean? In the space of 14 months, Jim Goodwin has recorded wins against Hibs with three different teams, St Mirren, Aberdeen and now Dundee United. How embarrassing is that? Extremely, extremely embarrassing. Very embarrassing. Let's let's sack Lee Johnson and give Jim Goodwin the job because he clearly knows how to beat Hibs, so hopefully he'll be able to stop (laughs) teams beating Hibs. At least if he's at Hibs, he can't beat Hibs. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Jack says what were your thoughts on the attackers yesterday don't want to start ranting about Jago and Cadden fair enough thought McCurdy was okay not great not bad thought Nisbet was pretty poor 
thought Elian was off it myself. I just don't think anyone had a really good game. Um, when it came to, it, I think everyone, you know, at most maybe get a six out of ten. Give Miko a six point five for his goal, but for me, everyone was pretty poor. It was kind of across the across the board really. Uh, Haley, this was obviously put in before Lee Johnson. Uh, not Lee Johnson. Robbie Nielsen gets sacked. Is El Sakico part two on next week? I think it could have been. It really could have been, um, but unfortunately not. Remember that one? It was was it Paul Heckenbottom and Craig Levine, and we went one up. We were saying you're getting sacked in the morning, and then they went two one up, and you, they were saying you're getting sacked in the morning. Oh, good times, man. Good times. Uh, Dino says, oh, "How the hell?" I can. What a manager, by the way. What a manager. Dino says, how the hell can the players not realise that a win today, you have a chance of being above them next week? Fucking typical Hibs. And it's just been like that ever since I've watched Hibs. Whenever we were we got a chance to leapfrog someone or get a good result based on someone's poor result, we never capitalise on it. I think, uh, uh, I think the squad have realised for about six months that we've had the opportunity to go third. And they just yeah. clearly aren't good enough to take that opportunity. Yep, no, you're absolutely right. And we've got uh, we've got a couple more. Let me just scroll down here. Uh, we've got David who says, we're shite, we're really shite. Why are we so shite? I, I, I listen, if we had the answers, if we had the answers, we'd be in the dugout. Um, and then we've got, uh, hold on, have we got any more? I think we might have some more. Uh, two seconds. This is really unprofessional from me. We oh, actually we, we got one on Instagram. Let me go over on Instagram and, and read. Just it while out. you're yeah, we got a couple on Instagram. But just while you're going over that, I don't know if you've seen Ian Sterling's one. Uh, Neil Francis Lennon, yes or no? No, absolutely not. <laughs> Um, we've got one just over on Instagram now you can get us there as well we're at the Hibs Ramble if you've got any questions or anything or talking points that you want to send us after the game you can contact us on there as well we've got one here from uh, some guy called Martin Corrigan he says should have had a different goalie Hendo on from the beginning Kukarevic on from the start I don't think McCurdy has much to offer to be honest so you're I think there's, may, there's maybe Murray at least one, one good take in there. I don't know if they're all good takes, but there's maybe at least one in there somewhere. I don't know, Martin. I think they're all good takes. I think you should ground Sean for saying that he's, you've only got one good take. I think uh, Murray Johnson would have been a liability. And it, I listened to last week and completely agree with Mark when he says that if we put him in now, he makes a couple of mistakes, he's going to get short confidence. And that's yeah. exactly not what we need at all yeah uh, and to wrap us up our last question thanks so much for everyone who's got involved um today uh with the questions and stuff we really really appreciate it um he says charlie says personally i see no point in sacking johnson so close to the end of the season let him stay let him attempt to make top six then bring in another manager next season so it's a bit of a, a bit of a change of pace from what we've actually been talking about and it's a different kind of opinion um, to be honest if it happens it happens but for me I think keep Lee Johnson in, in the job because it means that he can then set up and go again next season if we 
let them go to the end of the season and bring someone else and we're starting at square one. Yeah. And it's just not what we need. We need to trust the process, like you said. Agreed. And that wraps us up. That wraps us up. That was about 40 questions that we had. Um, 40 questions like that we said loved. before. We loved every one of them. Absolutely. Like we said before, we really appreciate everyone getting involved, even if it was after a bit of a lacklustre defeat. Um, we, we, all, we always appreciate people and listeners you know, getting involved and and trying to uh, try to interact with us. So, if you want to chat with us again, we are uh, at the Hibs Ramble on Instagram, on Twitter. Uh, you can get us on Facebook um, and all the rest of it. And remember, as soon as we get to a thousand followers, we're doing a wee uh, we're doing a wee giveaway for one of these very fancy mugs with uh, with Sean's words of wisdom on the back. Um, but no, that's us until next week. We'll be reviewing yet another derby defeat this season. <laughs> Oh, no, it's been an absolute pleasure, Sean. Thanks so much for joining me, mate. No problem. Thanks so much for brightening up my, my bank holiday. Oh, that's all right, mate. It's all right. Happy Easter, folks. Have a good one. See you Cheers. later. Bye. Bye.